All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect this member and discuss horror movies. Bonus episode for you all. We are not leaving October with uh, uh, finishing up with our last episode, Exorcist Believer. We are actually going to go ahead and give you one additional bonus episode. That is a revisit of our very first episode, uh, 2018's David Gordon Green Halloween. Uh, we are revisiting this one. We watched it again, and we're going to give our updated impressions on that front. Uh, so yeah, thanks uh, so much for sticking with us for Reboot Ween. It's been really, really awesome on that front. And um, yeah, let's get on into it. So Andrew, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, I know that we're, we're planning to release this episode, I think, on Halloween itself, uh, which is going to be, be exciting uh, for, you know, for it to celebrate 100, 100 episodes. Um, I just, regarding Halloween, I just ran a 5K yesterday, uh, like a Halloween-themed 5K, and it was really fun. Uh, but I did uh where a like I, I wore like a full jason costume or technically a roy burns costume because in uh it's it's the mask from friday 13th part five and that movie it's jason's actually roy burns who's like a paramedic who's trying to be jason um mm-hmm. but i wore that costume uh for the run and you know you, you'd, you'd assume the end of october is going to be kind of cold in new england uh but it was 80 degrees and just like right in the sun and i just fucking died it was <laughs> it was terrible I, I i could not uh yeah, that you know, you'd think that the the hockey mask with some holes in it would be enough to breathe. It really doesn't help you breathe very much. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the costume was not breathable at all. So it was, you know, I was a swampy mess at the end. But it was it was a good time. It was uh, I, I wanted to commit to it. People were like, are you gonna take the mask off? I'm like, nope. And also wear a bald cap because like Jason's bald. So I wore the bald yeah, yeah. cap and that. It was like, and it was a really cheap like thick plastic one. So it was not not uh, not the best experience. But yeah, you know, overall it was you know it's good good time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, cool. how, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, doing good. Now that's pretty cool about that. I I always just like I've we I've done a couple of Halloween runs in cities across the nation in terms of what I've lived in before, and it, it's always really impressive to see just people run five Ks, ten Ks with just ridiculous costumes. Um, one thing I remember, um, I did see like that those giant inflatable T- Tyrannosaurus Rex costumes. Um, <laughs> I did see a girl run an entire five miler in that costume, which was hilarious. Um, but gosh, I just, I can't, it, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll run in costume. We'll see. But we got that. <laughs> um, I'm doing good. Uh, we were talking a little bit before um, the episode started. So my wife and I went to the local Renaissance Fair yesterday, and uh, we had a th- friend who's got a 3D printer. Um, and he's one of those friends that's just constantly like, oh, I want to go ahead and print out all the stuff for my friends. So please let me know if there's anything you want to print out. I have to justify my purchase. Um, but he's super, super nice. Really, really awesome. And what happened was we got uh, little Korok masks and I have a Korok button up shirt um, as well. So what I did or what we did is we wore the masks and then we wore the shirt. Uh, she had a little mushroom dress as well. And we printed out 40 Korok seeds to kind of pass out to random people who spotted us. And we had 40 and I was just like, that's way too many. There's going to be way too <laughs> many people. No, no one's going to you know, say much about anything. But like we had 40 different people who were just like, oh, I found you. And then we gave them the Korok seed, and then they were just laughed so hard because nobody expected us to actually have something. Um, But it was really fun. It was really cool to put a smile on peaceful paces, especially we had like three or four children who were dressed up as Link. So it was really cool to kind of send that on over to them. Um, So fun experience. Really, really cool. Did you manage to give um, out all the seeds, or did you have any left? Yep. Uh, we had one left, but that was kind of intentional because we wanted to save at the very end. Well, I, I say that we, I basically, it kind of was like at the bottom of my bag and I thought we were out. And then I was just like, oh, we got one more. And I'm just like, well, we could stay, I guess, and try and see if anyone else comes on up. And I was just like, no, let's, let's keep one just for sentimental sake. We'll put it in our book shelf. So, oh. yeah. So you're saying yeah. nobody came up behind you and like, was like, oh, I found you. Where's my seat? And you're like, sorry, kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing like no. that. No, that's good. That's good. All right. Yeah, because we basically just, um, at the very end, uh, that's kind of what we did. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much uh, what we did. Renaissance Fair is always good. Um, it is a little bit hot in the south as well. Uh, it was like 84 degrees last night. Um, 
So yeah, that that sucked as well, especially like we were on the jousting and metal bleachers and just awful, awful, awful. But yep, that's that. All right then. Well, let's dive into Halloween 2018. I think we're just gonna put a massive spoiler warning on the whole thing at this point. This movie's uh, five years old at this point, so if you haven't seen it and you would like to see it, you've probably seen it at this point. Uh, so we're gonna dive right into it. Um, I remember from our very first episode, general impressions. Previously, I remember I liked it. I think you were a little bit more iffy about it, but I, I, I think overall you were just like, "Eh, it's all right. It's okay." Um, mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong on that front, but. Going back and rewatching this movie now, especially now that we've seen the two sequels, which I think both of us would agree neither of them are good movies in the slightest at all. Um, how do you? How does uh, this one? How does this rewatch hold up for you? So, so yeah, actually, I went back and listened to our, our original episode, and yeah, basically, like what you said, like I think my my thing was, I'm like, it's inoffensive, but like I don't see the reason for it to exist, or like I don't see why it, and you need to get rid of the other films. And I think, and like in the episode that seemed to be what I was the most angry about was that basically, like, they kept saying that the other films don't exist and that, um, you know, like, this is the new lore. And, like, I think that really was what angered me a lot about the movie because it, like, it basically rehashed uh, a lot of those movies that it was getting rid of, more or less. Um, but I will say, going going back to it, I I think now, after seeing the other movies, I think it did make this one seem better in my mind, slightly, because it does feel just kind of like a general Halloween movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um but it's definitely the best out of three by by oh, far absolutely absolutely but i i think i still stand in the same area where i think it's kind of unnecessary and i there are elements and choices with um laurie's character that i don't still don't agree with don't love i did have more sympathy for her this time i think watching it through i think i got a little bit you know liked a little bit more uh with her but you know i think i, I think i'm mostly in the same place i'm surprised I, I think i enjoyed it a little bit more this time but i think my overall thoughts on it are, are still pretty much the same. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, um, I think it soured a little bit this time I watched because I this, I think, was my very first David Gordon Gray movie I've ever seen. Um, mm. And I might want to check that, fact check that out myself, but I'm pretty sure it's the, the, the very first one I've ever seen. So I didn't get that general isms. I had no idea that Danny McBride was involved in this one as well until <laughs> after I saw it. So I didn't have any preconceptions on that front. And honestly, I remember getting a lot of positive buzz. So I was just like, okay, sure, let's let's go on in. Let's see how it is. Um, overall, I think my opinion has soured on this movie. Not a drastic amount, but this movie, especially now that I can see the crack, the um, where it headed with Halloween ends and Halloween kills, I could see the crack starting to form. And there's little moments of the movie where I'm just like, Oh, okay. That 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 scene's done really well. And then there's a joke that just like is taken up to ten in the sequels, or there's a plot point <laughs> that I'm just like, oh, why does this happen again? Like, very very minor spoiler, but the the whole in the very beginning when they're making breakfast in Allison's house, and the dad says, oh, I got peanut butter on my oh, penis, God. which is such a stupid line. Like originally, I was just like, oh, okay, that's kind of an awkward read. It's a bad line, but you know what? It, it it's fine. It's just one line in this entire movie. And then, like, I'm realizing in the sequels and in Halloween End, there is lines like that all the time. They double down on that sort of thing. And I'm just like, "Eh, okay. So it it definitely kind of has a little bit of, yeah, this is what's coming. This is, I can see it starting. This is the most inoffensive out of all of it based Mm -hmm. on just the script and the content that is writing on that front. But I really, unfortunately, uh, I, I, I can see it starting to form. So... Every time I started and enjoyed this movie, I'm just like, oh, that's a really well done scene. A moment like that would happen, and I'd be like, yeah, gosh, that kind of is disappointing in terms of how it turns out. Yeah. So, yeah, um, overall, it's kind of how I feel. No, I, this I one. I'd still say it's worth watching, especially if you're a Halloween fan. I do like the lore, or not the lore, but the um, just throwbacks that they had. I did think it had a decent amount of respect for the source material. I did like a lot of the throwbacks and that sort of thing, too, but I just, yeah, it did. It definitely soured it a little bit, and I can see the cracks and kind of translate that on over. Mm-hmm. Now, and I one thing that I noticed is I, I think what made me appreciate this more is it just felt like it felt like it was more planned, and it like it felt like you know they said they already were playing the sequel after this one came out, but they didn't want to completely produce it because they wanted to get you know kind of a rough idea of like it was going to be successful or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it ended up being wildly, wildly successful. Um, but I feel like this movie, even though it. I think at times it feels like there's like four different movies going on in terms of like all the different side plots and stuff that kind of like 
feel really like they're just kind of jammed together at the end. Um, it feels a lot more like there's an actual through line to this movie than there are like Halloween kills. I don't know what the fuck the through line of that movie is. Oh, and then yeah, yeah. Uh, Halloween ends. There's like kind of the through line of whatever the hell new Mike's name is. So that, that, that like weird, uh, Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Corey. Yeah. There's his through line and kind of Michael's just there. Uh, so this one feels the most like an actual movie, I guess is the way. Like, I, so I guess that's why I like it. I don't know. It feels the most like a Michael Myers movie in the mm-hmm. sense of like, People are there, they get stalked, he gets dealt with at the end, but there's not, like, yeah, there's, like, you know, Laurie kind of freaking out, and there's some kind of, like, other stuff, there's other stuff going on, going on outside of that through line, but in the end, it all is connected to that, so, like, that works. You know, it hits those points, even if there's, it seems like all those points are kind of disparate from each other. Um, yeah, and, so. like, the setup for this movie, in terms of Laurie Strode, it's, you know, 40 years or whatever after the original movie... She's turned into an absolute prepper, just kind of like PTSD from the experience, and her entire life has been dedicated to prepping for the return of Michael Myers, which does eventually happen. Um, like, I, I think that's a decent premise. You know, Michael escaping from the mental institution, that's that's going to happen eventually. That from, I, I think it started out fairly strong. Um, but I just... Yeah, I... I agree. It, it feels like a very complete movie, and if it ended at this one, I would be okay with it. I'd be like, yeah, this was an okay sequel, but they just kept going, and I, I think that was my biggest problem with the sequels as well. It, they did not seem like they had any sort of plan through line. Each one of these individual movies could basically be standalone, and it would be fine. It wouldn't be up um, too much uh, crazy on that front. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it is um, on that front there. Yeah, I, I think originally they had planned the story of this one to take place over two movies, but then they condensed it into one. And then once this one was a big success, they were just like, oh shit, what do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And then they had Halloween Kills, which was basically a nothing of a story. There, there's, yeah. besides one death at the very, very end of the movie, then nothing of in, anything happens. And then the whole Corey plotline of Halloween ends comes back out, and it was just like, okay, this kind of came out of nowhere. I, I really wish like they set up that character in the first movie, second movie, like could have been a friend or of Allison's boyfriend or something like that. Um, that 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 would have been make, made it feel more congruent, but it uh, it doesn't. So, <laughs> yep, yeah. Now, and like, and one thing I, I was thinking too, when I was watching this movie, is like I feel like there are things that. I don't know. Uh, I feel like time since this movie has helped just kind of help me with it as well. Like, I feel like I have, I slightly like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis better. Uh, I think after, I think, um, I didn't see her anything in a while before this. Uh, and then I saw her in this and I saw her in The Bear. And I thought she did mm-hmm. a really good job in The Bear playing Carmi's oh, uh, yeah. mother. And I kind of saw a little bit more of a crossover of her kind of playing that character in that show versus playing kind of like the manic uh, Laurie in this movie and i felt a little bit more like okay with it i guess because i think when i first saw it i think i was really kind of like jesus like this character just comes out of nowhere especially again because this character these movies get rid of all the other movies in the series so really again this is we're dealing with a michael who has killed two people when he was a baby or you know a child and then like three people four people uh mm-hmm. that night 40 years ago so again jamie yeah, lee curtis and total the, at that point mm-hmm. was it five okay so this, yeah so like jamie lee curtis and uh, you know, the town's reaction of, oh, Michael Myers is a little bit insane for this guy who didn't really do much. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Again, not, not saying that that's not much, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, the history of this town and, like, what's happened, uh, I don't know, all of the boogeyman and all of the, like, oh, he's an unstoppable force just seemed insane to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I do still feel that way. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I've come to appreciate when she plays the semantic character, I guess, a little bit more. Uh, though I do think she does the over-the-top, like, insane in this movie. Like, that yeah. that scene where she shows up to dinner is still the most, like, what-the-fuck scene, <laughs> where uh-huh. she's like, you know, I, I thought the scene of her sitting in the, uh, like, actually, this time around, I really did appreciate the scene of her um, sitting outside the jail or the institution and drinking her nips <laughs> while she was mm-hmm. waiting to see what's going on with Mike. Again, it's a little bit over-the-top. It's a little bit crazy. It's also weird that I just realized, like, I was sitting there, I'm like, who the fuck told you that they were moving Michael today? Like, where did they publish that <laughs> shit? When are they like, hey, we're moving this guy to a facility? Uh, oh, I'm sure with her prepper, like, she has, like, someone at the menstrual institution or somebody in law enforcement or something like that that kind of comes on in and sends her a list of each day. Or she's got contacts, I'm sure, that would send it on over based I mean, on all the other shit she's done. 
I mean, like I, feel, that, that. I feel like they would, like, stop that, though. I don't know. Like, like it seems like Coach Yost or whatever the, uh, you know, the, that captain's name is, the, the police guy was like, yeah, he liked her and they were friends, but he didn't, like, talk to her, it seemed like. Um, mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, the 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 relationship between her and uh, the officer, I, I, I always think it was Coach Yost. Yeah. Uh, but the relationship between them uh, that was, like, you know, like, kind of finger-waved at in Halloween and uh kills and then you know apparently establish and halloween ends yeah oh god like oh I, I knowing where that goes <laughs> and how, how dumb that fucking part, part of that movie was in halloween kills uh really kind of like ruined that for me because <laughs> like i also yeah, I definitely because it's again it, it, it doesn't feel like they're being set up for anything it just feels like it just happens yeah exactly what it, again like i, I watched again hearing him talk about how he was there and he's the one who arrested uh, mike myers that night the fact that he's barely a character is so fucking insane. Like, what a dumb choice to make this person mm-hmm. who was very heavily involved in the events of the first film uh, not have anything to do with it. Um, yeah, I don't know that. But like, o- overall, how do you feel about Laurie's character? Yeah, I liked it. Kind of honestly, Jamie Lee Curtis is like, I don't know. I I have mixed. Well, I'm not gonna say I have mixed opinions on her because uh. I do really like her when she acts. She acts, and I I do enjoy following her on social media. I think she does a lot of interesting things, and she's she's definitely a very passionate person, which I really like about her. Um, she definitely has her acting blind spots, I guess I would say, or just oh, kind yeah. of like weaknesses on that front. And, um, you know, I I wouldn't consider her like an amazing. incredible actress um but overall like i I do always enjoy her seeing her in anything she does um even if it's a bad movie she puts on a good performance or an entertaining performance on that point and there there are a few you know uh what's the word i'm looking for here sore spots here and there or edges she needs to rough out but overall i'm really yeah i i like seeing her and everything that she's in in this particular one yeah i think she did a pretty good job with the characters she'd been given i think kind of everything is a lot of it is blamed on the script, blamed on the writing. Um, but yeah, mm. that's kind of how it is. So what I'm hearing is, do you think that Jamie Lee Cooter should have won Best Supporting Actress in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once? Uh, yes, she was amazing in that movie. But 100%. Did she, did she deserve she played... it more than Stephanie Sue, though? Uh, what did Stephanie Sue do? She was the main antagonist. Yeah, the main antagonist on that one. Yeah. Stephanie Sue, I think, did act a little bit better on that one, but they both put on an amazing performance in that one. And I that 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 also bitters me about uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is that, is that I'm like it almost seems weird that Hollywood gave this like white legacy woman who's like you know ho- Hollywood royalty best uh, you know her first Oscar or her first uh, Academy Award uh, over the person who was like the one you know one of the principal characters of the film. But they're like I guess so. Yeah, we're gonna give it to this side character who you know wasn't really in the movie very much and. Uh-huh. Ha- I but think, man, like, she ate up that movie. Like, I mean, she ate up those fingers. I mean, <laughs> I, mean like, I feel like that's all she got. I mean, like, I don't know. I, feel I, like I, I think she was a very did. major supporting character, and that, and that movie would not have been the same without her. I, I think she did an amazing job in that role. I don't know. I, uh-huh. I, I, I'm just really surprised that she somehow won that over Stephanie Sue. That seemed really weird to me. <laughs> that seemed like that seemed like a, that seemed like a, that seemed like there was some like I don't know some Hollywood uh, nepotism in there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, also also doesn't make me love this and her in this movie, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I I feel like in, in I will say watching this back this time, I did go back and forth a lot on like appreciating her trauma and again thinking that it's a little bit over the top and a little bit insane. Um, mm-hmm. Like I I you know in this one I noticed the use of the word boogeyman a lot. This watch yeah. through, which I didn't I didn't I guess it didn't grate on me as much. But it, it, every time they said that, it kind of like you know felt like member berries or like you know some kind of like wink at the audience like boogeyman like I like they're like. Though when the podcasters call him the boogeyman, I feel like, uh, I think uh, Dr. Sartain calls him the boogeyman at one point. Even fucking Allison is there. Is that her name, Allison? Uh, the, the daughter? Yeah, Allison. Uh, Allison's there uh, when she visits her at school, and she's like, well, is it really the boogeyman, Grandma? And it's like, what a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, what a, like, a, like, what, like, a, to, to mock your elderly grandmother, uh, who clearly is traumatized, like, wow, he's the boogeyman? What a childish thing to say is like yeah okay. but at the same time too like apparently this has been going on for like the last 40 years like i'm, I'm sure during the first couple of years the, the the daughter uh judy greer is just like yeah it's um you know oh we're so sorry grandma you've uh, or mom or grandma you you completely you know had this big traumatic experience but after 40 years of this i think 
there could be a little bit tension in terms of this has been their entire life. And as far as they're aware, this, you know, is not going to happen again. Hmm. No, it's, I can say that. Well, like, I just, it, to me, it's just like, uh, it's just such a dumb thing to say. Especially, again, especially because, again, she only knows Michael for that one movie. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she's like, was that the boogeyman? And he's like, I believe it was. <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever the fuck uh, yeah. says. It's just weird that she holds on to that for 40 years. That she holds on to calling him the boogeyman and not like, this is Michael Myers. Like, like you think, like, there's nothing, I feel like, yeah, it was a scary night for her. But there was nothing boogeyman-ish about it, you know? That was just a killer. That's kind of what's called, yeah. And, and, like, you would think that, like, her, you know, through whatever process of trauma and normalizing she had, it would be to refer to him as Michael Myers and not to refer to him as the boogeyman because that's just giving him more power in your mind. Like, I feel like that's – it just seems weird that after 40 years she's, like, dead set on that because, again, this movie always talks about uh, – part of, I think, what led up this movie again, which I think made me mad, is that David Gordon Green really brought up this idea that this is going to be a human Michael Myers – Mm-hmm. But but everybody talks about him as if he's murdered thousands of people. Yeah, no, he's absolutely not in this movie. Um, like, absolutely not. No. But and how did you feel about Michael? Let's, let's you know, let's, one from Jamie. Let's go or Jamie. Slash yeah, this Lauren. this movie definitely. I felt like there was a lot of good shots of just like him establishing the mythos of Michael Myers. Uh, but again, it it feels like this movie is just kind of a caricature in terms of every scene he appears in is a little bit of fan servicey, um, which some of it I do really really like. Um, like, a lot of the throwbacks, and I wrote them all down here, you know, the the laundry line, um, that was, you know, throwback. Um, I, I you know, the other ones are kind of something else entirely. But I, I do like the little throwbacks, the little mythos of Michael in terms of the buildup on here. But I agree in terms of it definitely feels like they don't quite... I don't want to say understands the character, but they're more interesting in telling us about Michael than actually showing us about Michael through his actions. Um, mm. And it, it does feel like the movie's a little bit too up its own ass at some points um, on that front. Yeah, well, I think it's kind of like I, I, I like that way. Like you said, like I feel like it's almost like with the Exorcist a little bit, where they're like, well, the name recognition is so big that you know we have to make it this like grand thing. And I feel like, yeah, they're like, oh, Michael's such, like, you know... Again, Michael is, like, a very popular figure in uh, our culture, you know, we call it. Uh, oh, yeah. And, like, and I, I get why, like, you know, like, oh, that reverence for that. Like, you know, like, when he fucking picks up his mask and is like, ooh, the dramatic mask, it's Michael Myers, here he is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's those moments that I feel kind of really great with you and with me in the film at least because it, it's so like like you said it's so like look it's michael oh my god look at this heroic mode of michael <laughs> and his mask um which just feels i don't know like uh i don't it, it's it feels so like instead it, it feels like they're like you said like they're kind of pandering or they're doing fan service to like they're, they're thinking like hey look we're making this movie for the fans but not actually working focusing on making like a good story or following who michael is um mm-hmm. Like I, I like the the opening of this movie always gets me. Uh, like I I had forgotten that it opened that the scene with the podcaster at the beginning was the opening of this film. Yeah. But like I think part of what set this movie off so like, bad. Like I said, I was actually watching it again. And I was like, oh, this actually isn't that bad. I'm actually into this opening. I'm into that. Uh-huh. They did. The, it was like a quiet kind of opening of them just showing the hospital, hearing people talk and stuff, and like that was actually pretty sick. And then you see the podcasters there, and you're like, okay, like the yeah, I remember this part wasn't great. Okay, cool. And then. As soon as fucking uh, podcaster guy pulls out the mask and is like, like say something, Michael. Like, what the like? It it was such like a I don't know. Let's shock the audience. But look, here's the mask. This is Halloween. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. And then in the dumbest way, where like for some reason all the other inmates are like screaming and making crazy noises when they see the mask, and a dog barks. A yeah. dog is bark. A dog is like evil mask. Like, which when again in the context of this film, the mask is literally a mask he like found at a fucking like hardware store in the morning when he like was traipsing yep. around that night killing people. Like, it's not. It, 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 that's again part of this thing of like this making this like sacred franchise where like the by you know by getting rid of all the other items in it, but then still keeping these like sacred elements. It's just it feels so. I don't know, like overblown and just like, I don't know. It, it gives things more power than they need to have in this franchise. Instead of making it just a story about Michael killing people, they made it the story of the legend of Michael, but not, yes. but not within the story. It's like the legend of Michael with, within our society, 
but in the context of the films, he's just a regular dude again, where like, you know, the only people who think of him as a legend are fucking crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. so it's, it's that weird, I don't know, it's doing both. It's saying Michael's not a big deal, he's just a guy, but then like placing all the emphasis on him as if he's not. Um, hey, it's almost like, yeah, that the movie is more concerned about just showing us how evil and cool Michael is because that's the mythos that's been built up over in real life the past, you know, uh, I don't know, 50 years since the movie came out, 40, 50 years, um, than actually telling a good story and an individual story on it um, around it because you, you still need to have a somewhat interesting story surrounding this, do something interesting with the character. However, like this movie... This movie, it's not as offensive, but I do think that is the biggest issue with the sequels as well, is that they're so preoccupied on telling us, Michael's evil, Michael's cool, Michael is, you know, it has this all this myth- mythos built up, and we are, you know, you have to deal with it. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're really, they don't do anything interesting with it. No. That, and you know, this made me think of it as watching it again. It made me think of the uh, Friday the 13th uh, remake. Because, like, that does a very similar thing to a degree where, like, it doesn't necessarily say the other films don't exist. Cause it, but, you know, it, it's, like, it, it could exist within the canon of the other Friday 13th films. Uh, not much, I think, really changes except, you know, the first part. It, it is kind of retelling to a degree. It does get rid mm-hmm. of a lot of them because it, it goes back through, Mike, uh, not Michael, Jason with the bag on his head. Then Jason finding the hockey mask. So they, they show that origin again. Um, but I feel like part of the difference is I don't, like, even though the they both are very similar in the sense that they get rid of other movies and they just kind of retell, you know, again, I feel they both take the greatest hits from their franchises and shove them to those movies for a lot of element, for a lot of parts of it. But I think the thing that Jason did is it didn't fucking like care. It like, I don't know, like, yeah, there's like a scene of him, like, po- you know, he poses every now and then, but it's not like, whoa, shit, look at how cool Jason is. Oh my God. Or like, oh, Jason, like, you know, again, most people didn't know who he was in the film, but it just didn't feel like there was that reverence for the character, which I, I want. Like, I don't, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't have reverence for the killer. Like you can't. You know, when they become hokey and Freddy and stuff in the in the later on, yeah, that's you know that, that's what happens because it's a franchise and you know it's because they don't develop characters well. Um, but to have the same reverence for Michael as you have for like Laurie and stuff is just really weird because he's not a character in the film. Really, he's a force, and that's what he should be. Um, and yeah. I think that's what the, like the remake did well uh, for. Uh, sorry, Friday Thirteenth. I think also the remake Friday Thirteenth did well. Just, is it didn't fucking pretend to be anything it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. like I'm high art. Like I think Halloween kill uh, yeah. Halloween 2018 is like we're fancy, we're high art. We're gonna re-switch the things. We're gonna change it up. You haven't seen a Halloween movie like this before. And, and then at the like, same time, they have lines like "I got peanut butter on my penis" and everything to do with the little kid that uh, oh. is being babysitting. Yeah, yeah. Or like it, they're like, "Oh, Michael's not superpowered in this." You know, Colt of Thorn was dumb. That was really stupid. But Michael gets his hand blown off and gets shot multiple times and some jumped out of windows, and he's fine. He's good. He can mm-hmm. keep going. He's 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 completely cool. I mean, I just fucking ran in uh, you know a Halloween costume of Michael Myers. I, I bought a Halloween costume of Michael Myers' uh, jumpsuit for my Jason costume because the paramedic costume is different than Jason's normal costume. It looks more like Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mine was you know a cheaply made thing. I imagine he has some quality dickies. And like if you're wearing <laughs> those things in uh, in a fucking fire basement, I ran you know wore that in eighty degree weather running. You're gonna fucking that guy's fucking you know about a ball of sweat dying on the ground. I mean no no fucking way. And a full covering mask. He yeah. could pass out in there anyway. Like, uh, super, he's, he's got to be superhuman. Um, <laughs> and I think I, I even said, I think, at, at the end of our last, on our first episode of this, I think I would I said I would have really liked to see them go towards Cold of Thorn just because this movie made him seem ethereal. It made him seem superpowered. And when they kept saying he wasn't, they kept, and then like, oh my God, Halloween Kills doubles down on that like crazy. <laughs> but like, uh, I think, I don't know, I think that that is this, I think this movie is just the expectation they set forward and what they were doing with it just really, uh, they did not deliver on. But. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you bring, bring an interesting kind of point is this, this movie is simultaneously like tries to make this high art about, you know, this is the, the, the most art house um, uh, 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 slasher film out there. But at the same time, the, the script is not up to scuff on it. It feels like at some point it's just kind of written between two different people, which makes sense uh, because the sequels kind of get into that too in terms of like you said this one is supposed to be more of a realistic Michael Myers like okay we're not doing the cult of thorn whereas the second one it's literally just like when he kills he gets more powerful um, <laughs> and it's it just and then the last one like he gets beaten up by Corey and 
there's no consistency throughout the series, and that's probably more a problem with the sequel. Like, overall, I think if this movie existed on its own, I would be like, yeah, that's okay with it. And then mm-hmm. 10 years down the line, it'd be like, where would Halloween 2018 rank? I would probably place it square in the middle. But the sequels came out, and the sequels were just not planned at all. And that, I think that's the biggest thing. The biggest thing that pisses me off about this is just they, they couldn't tell what they wanted to do. And they tried to do everything. And because they tried to do everything, they ended up doing nothing. No, I would agree. Yeah, I, I do think that by itself, it's, it is it is a pretty inoffensive movie. Um, but like, what you know, like watching through the second time, did any any of the kills stand out to you again, or any? Do you have any changes under the characters that kind of like went sat differently um, with you? The characters themselves really didn't change too much um, on that front. I still liked the dynamic in terms of like at the, ultimately at the end, it's not just one final girl, but three final girls, and they're all you know daughter and granddaughter of Laurie Strode. I, I did like that dynamic. I thought it was, and as I'm saying this, I'm wondering to myself, like, is this a, you know, another David Gordon Green? It's the sequel, but bigger. Instead of one final girl, now there's three final girls. Um, but no, I, I, I think the chemistry between the three of them worked fairly well. Um, and I think they both developed each individual one as a good character on their own. We clearly understood the relationship between all three. I, I think that was done right in this movie. Um, other scenes I did really like the motion sensor scene uh, where the one friend gets uh, killed in the backyard uh, with the motion sensor lights. Um, I did like that one. I thought that was a pretty effective scene. And that was a great build up for Allison to kind of realize, oh, shit, Michael is back and my grandma isn't crazy. Um I, I did like the cheap little throwbacks here and then, like the Laurie emerging from the shadows, just like Michael did at the end of the movie, the knife kill on the wall, uh, the part where Michael looks for Laurie's body, but it's gone, um, just like Michael in the original movie. Like, that, 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 that still hyped me up. I'm just like, okay, that's some good fan service right there. I like that. Um, but overall, yeah, um, those are the scenes i like i still like the gas station kill as well Mm -hmm. i think that was pretty effective especially like very subtly in the back you could see like the dead body of the gas station attendant way before it's actually fully revealed um how about you what other scenes do you like in this movie yeah i i i love the gas station especially this time around again i haven't seen it since the first time just because i uh I didn't want to, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, seeing it, I don't know it was I noticing the gas station how how present Michael is in the gas station. Like when they first pull up, he's there. Uh, he you see the car drive by with him in it, and then you see him walk by and look at them in his like little white little like getup that he's wearing from the hospital. He walks by and looks at them and keeps going. And I didn't realize that the first time. So that was cool. Like that was those that those were great. Like those elements I like. That's like that if this movie. I think honestly, the first half of this movie. If this movie was consistently that first half of like paranoia and michael just kind of going around and doing things i would have been okay with it like a little yeah. bit more okay with it because i think again you also don't get too much of the craziness of like what like how insanely powerful michael is and like stuff and like his weird arts and crafts with human bodies um so uh i i, I love that scene i think i think that scene is good i think it has a lot of tension in it uh again i still don't know why these podcasters like came all the way from like, the uk it sounds like to uh <laughs> to interview this guy who killed a couple people 40 years ago like i mm-hmm. think it's a lot uh and also how they got the mask it's a lot uh but yeah i I really liked that um the you know the babysitter scene again i I love the babysitter scene in the sense that like it felt it felt like classic uh you know halloween stuff and like kind of slasher i again i think that 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 babysitter was one of the most charismatic characters of the film so that sucked when she died because you're like oh you like you and this relationship with this little boy like this this felt like you know like good writing and pretty fun other than him like you know swearing ridiculously at times when like there's supposed to be tension going on um so again i like that scene that was scary i thought there's tension i cared about that character um and then uh the judy greer scene at the end uh always always amazing um oh the the, one where she's like crying for mom and it's a fake out yeah like when and i didn't notice it so like the first time it kind of comes up and you're like oh shit she's scared you know she's having a breakdown and there's a twist but knowing it's coming you can actually see like where she decides to start doing it which I like, like you can see like, oh, you know, like it's, she turns it on. It's not like, you know, she's talking and it escalates. There's like a moment where she like, she gets the gun, she cock, you know, she gets the gun and she like gets ready to use it and she cocks it. And then she starts doing the, oh, I don't know what to do. I can't do this. I can't do this. Like it's, it's like a plan, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of took it originally as to her kind of reining it in and being like, okay, I got him. And then she kind of does it, but she like makes the decision to start pleading, which I thought was awesome. Like I did, I didn't notice it the first time, just how like. That where there is a turning point that does that, uh, which I thought was great. Um, yeah. 
it, it made that scene a lot better too. Because, but you know what what made that scene dumb? What I, I thought was uh, Laurie popping out of the back and saying "Happy Halloween, Michael." Uh, yeah. Again, one because like Conte Ferdinand's boogeyman hasn't met him very much. He probably's like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> but like, <laughs> also, um, it she could have got her head shot off right there. Yeah, hundred <laughs> like, percent. Like it is. Yeah, it, it just um, why take the extra second to say "Happy Halloween, Michael"? Like, yeah, it was fine. It was a line. It was the badass moment for it. But like, Michael could have easily turned around and been like, "Oh, hey, you're here!" Instead of just having the surprise. But also, like, Judy Greer could have shot her. Like, yeah, Judy. Like, we don't see. I, I don't know if Judy Greer somehow knew that she was there. But like, if you know, her head was right behind his head. If he, if she had like, you know, veered to the left a little bit, she would like shot. Oh, imagine she's like. Have, you know that she's like gotcha and shoots and then you just hear Laurie fall down behind Michael. Michael looks behind and is like, "Oh fuck!" Like, <laughs> "Oh god, you, uh, that was not my plan." Okay, uh, bye. And just like leaves. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That was good. Um, and it, it was again, it was nice to see them kind of take control at the end. I mean, that that was cool. Um, though um, I have to ask. Uh, it's actually, like, I, I think I thought Judy Greer actually honestly appreciate a lot more in this movie, and I did appreciate a lot more too. Judy Greer and um, Laurie's fighting kind of once. Michael was out because there was that back and forth of like, well, he's not going to run our lives, but then like, you know, well, we need to actually be safe as well. Like, you know, that, that back and forth, um, which is interesting also, because I know, um, I know there, as you know, there's that tragedy up in uh, Maine recently. Um, and I, I don't live in Maine, but I live in a uh, state below Maine. Um, and uh, I, I do work for school district and there was a lot of panic about that. You know, people, if people should uh, lock down because they, from you know, from my knowledge, I don't think he ever left Maine, but there were some reports that were released onto the news and stuff that were saying that he went down I ninety three from Maine into Massachusetts. So people were kept, you know, were worried about this guy and were talking about locking up. And we had parents trying to pull their kids out of school and like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to institute a lockdown in our town. And there were like theories that like, oh my gosh, like you know, he's here. And, uh, you know, it's like seeing seeing that kind of like town craziness kind of going. Uh, not craziness, but you know, this the town kind of like being afraid you know justifiably of, of that situation but like the lockdown and kind of people trying to like scramble to like what to do and like people are like no, i'm not going to change what i'm doing versus people are like oh, i'm going to you know lock up and stay hidden just in case um mm-hmm. that also provided additional context for the movie to me where i was like okay well, like i like just i kind of i this does feel a little bit more realistic this back and forth of like people like you know fighting over that uh, again nowhere near uh evil dies tonight or anything but you know <laughs> um, yeah that that put a little more context in that to me so it did make me appreciate that relationship a little bit more um but then how do you feel about Allison in the film? Yeah, um, she did okay, honestly. A little bit inoffensive on this movie. I thought the acting was fine. I definitely think Laurie Strode and uh, Judy Greer both you know, acted circles around her on that point. But they wanted to hire a young, unknown actress because this apparently was a really coveted position. Um, oh. And they kind of wanted to do the same thing that they did to Jamie Lee Curtis in the original Halloween movie where they just wanted to go ahead and hire someone unknown. I think she did all right. Um, she's one of the actresses, and I don't remember if I've commented on this in other episodes or not, but I, I always thought like she's been very mediocre throughout the series. I haven't hated her, though. That's the biggest thing. Like I don't look at her character and think, oh, she's a bad actress, or this is a bad character. I think in this particular movie, it serves its purpose. The only thing that really pissed me off in this movie, kind of looking at it again, is that stupid mannequin scene near the end of the movie where she's in the the middle of the woods and then she turns around yeah. and there's like this fake jump scare with the mannequin and that just seemed to me like it was a the writers were just like oh shit we got to include some sort of scene in here that shows that we haven't forgotten about this character so we're gonna do a quick little jump scare with the mannequin that serves no purpose to the plot whatsoever that that was so dumb um, what cause yeah. I, what did, I didn't get about that is i thought she was running to her to Lori's house on purpose yeah and like she's been there she knows what's going on there so like that's what i thought I, too I'm like, you know, this is out here, right? Like, I like that. That's what confused me. I was like, I thought you knew you were coming here. I thought like uh-huh. it makes me like she just stumbled upon this, but it's like you knew where you were going, right? That was your plan was to go to your, Lori's house, right? Yeah. Like, like I don't. Why were you scared? Um, but also like, so I I remember loving her and not loving her, but like you know, thinking she was good in this movie. Um, uh-huh. But what actually ruined her for me uh, is now thinking about her Halloween ends. Because I did not like her in Halloween Ends. I thought her yeah. relationship with whatever his name was and, like, the way that she kind of, like, does that thing where she, like, pushes her family away to go be with that, you know, the rebel boy for a little bit. And, like, uh-huh. she was all, like, dark and stormy. Like, I, I, it was just, like, it. she – well, there's really – you know, and, again, it makes sense because at that point, you know, there's drama again. Her mom's dead at that point. Um, uh, but I don't know, that, that character just felt like such a, a difference from the character we get in this movie. 
uh, and you know, again, almost contributed to like Corey getting some kills, kind of. Like I feel, I, I feel like she was not entirely innocent in the events of that film. Uh-huh. Uh, so like I don't know that that kind of ruined her watching her for this. Like, yeah, yeah, then that and then seeing her getting caught, be like, hey mom, or grandma, what's what you the fucking boogeyman? Like I don't know it. It, it tainted her a little bit for me. Um, yeah, but I, I still enjoy it. I think that I think it's another symptom of just again no planning throughout this movie because I, I do think like if Corey was introduced in the first movie, even as a small little background character, and then maybe had a little bit more development in the second movie, and then the third movie is his downfall. I think that would have been a much better choice than him just being introduced all of a sudden, just being like, oh, yep, they're there. Um, Actually, yeah, that'd be great so, if, if, we, if we'd seen him in that movie because right because. This Halloween is the Halloween where he kills that kid, right? Um, where he, where he kicks remember. the door open and the kid dies? I'm pretty sure that, yeah, that's yeah, supposed Yeah, I don't remember with... if that's the Halloween or not. And that would have been a great twist later. Like, oh, you know, he could be in the first movie and then, like, kind of acting weird about it or something like that. Um, but it's not a super big point. And then, yeah, the third movie, we find out what happens. And that kind of puts a new spin on the character that we kind of realized before. So Yeah. Like, that could have been great. Could have been, like, they could have been doing hanging out and be like, Hey, you come to a Halloween party tonight, Corey? Like, nah, so I got to babysit this, you know, my, my, my mom's telling me I have to babysit this family's kid, so I got to go do that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, maybe see him be, like, a nice dude or something like that. So that then when he comes back and he's kind of weird and, like, in exile, then you're kind of like, okay, well, like, yeah, I, I, I see a change. Yeah, that would have mm-hmm. been so much better. But, again, that's why you showed – that's why you know that this wasn't planned because, like, I think that if, if you were playing a trilogy, it would have made – it would have been, you know – a no-brainer to, to toss him earlier in the films. Uh, yeah, and honestly, that, that I mean, my two biggest problems with this franchise, uh, the, the, this reboot, is one, it was not planned at all, and two, just the writing. Like again, the it's it's the penis on the or the peanut butter on the penis problem. Like it is that that's why I'm calling it the PPP. Um, but <laughs> that is there's so many dumb lines in this series about it and i don't know if i'm going to call it a danny mcbrideism i don't know if i'm going to call it a david gorg greenism probably a david gorg greenism because the same thing happened in extra believer as well but i just yeah it's it, it there's just so much cringe like there's no other way to put it and it's just it, it's not a lot of it's some of it's funny some of it's not and I, i'm just wondering too like why do i think like the little kid that is being babysat in this movie i think that scene works i think it's pretty fun which apparently was mostly improv like the babysitter and the kid oh. um, they just kind of shot the shit with each other um that was pretty funny and i like that I, i'm wondering why that doesn't offend me as much as pretty much any line of dialogue in halloween kills um yeah it's moderation it's also just like I feel like that was just like a scene taken out of like an '80s slasher movie. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that then you know, the, the, the sassy kid in the baby in the babysitter like that's just like felt like something that from the, that era, so it fits so well. I feel like, but then yeah, yeah. and then Halloween kills and stuff. They just it's just bad, and Halloween ends. I don't know. Like that, like, I think that's that's why I like that scene so much. It just feels like so much like the movie it was trying to be. That you know that and Michael on going on his little killing spree for that one scene. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh yeah, the, the the long cut killing scene, the the single shot one. That was good. I like that one. Mm-hmm. But that was yeah, yeah that's that interesting. Um, again, if if it had just been that movie, like I feel like there's so many elements of this movie that I do like. I just wish they were in a better movie completely or again if mm-hmm. i think that again i think a lot of my criticism wouldn't be as harsh if this movie wasn't like claiming that it was this you know the new hotness and yeah you know all the other shit before wasn't as good when it's like no you like you really you're not doing enough new things and you're not doing like like it's kind of like with um sally and the um uh texas chainsaw reboot that they did a little mm-hmm. while ago like you brought her back but did you really do much with it no and like this movie's kind of same thing. Like you brought Lori back, and yeah, you kind of addressed some stuff. And you, I guess, you wanted to give this character an ending. But other than making her the person to kill Mike in the end, which we knew was going to happen as soon as they brought her back, like I had a brief hope they're going to kill her off and pass the torch. But like mm-hmm. I feel like once like this movie like kind of got big, you're like, okay, no, they're setting her up to be like, you know, they're each other's arch enemies, and they're going to have like a, a big. It's it's like Godzilla versus King Kong, except like it's more like Godzilla versus guy he kicked once when he was like walking around and then they like held a grudge and were like, yo, you like stepped on my family. And he's like, yeah, bro, I, w- I didn't know who you were. I'm sorry. And then he like, you know, comes after him. It's like, like, I think, I think that's, that, that's like what they're doing. Like it's, they're, they're making like, I, I was looking, 
was trying to pull up the IMDb while we were talking, and the Halloween Kills poster ends pop sorry ends poster popped up, and it's like the Michael and Jamie Lee Curtis back to back, and so like, what the fuck is this? Like, imagine like a like I don't know if Night, if Nightmare on Elm Street three was just like Freddy and um, Nancy back to back, like it's it's just like what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's it's just it just doesn't it. I don't know. I think that that again that making the story all about them. Uh, Especially well, with this canon too, where you know Lori's not his sister. It's um, yeah, it's just like why, why, why would Michael care about this random person? It's mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. If if if, this, if we were still following up to H two O continuity, I'd say yeah, go for it. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we're not, and is... they intentionally have made it very obvious that we're not. So and did that, like I feel like this time around too, that line about him not being her brother created on me more. The first time I was like, oh, okay, cool, not a brother. We'll go with that. But this time, I, I think because I've seen the movie and because I've seen like what they've done, I was just like, fuck you guys. You should have just kept that in. Like, it would have made no difference. It would have actually made the movie better if he was her brother because it would have mm-hmm. made so much more sense to why he's after her. Like, yeah. there's, otherwise, there's no reason why he's after her. It would make more sense why he's after her. It made sense, you know, why he maybe comes after Karen and why he comes after uh, whatever the fuck her name is. Like, it would have made sense why that all happens if they were related. But, like, again, they, they create that through line, that, like, importance of Michael versus the Strodes when – it's really just a situation of happenstance. Um, mm-hmm. it's, and again, it's, it's the same thing with the mask. The mask has no relevance to him. He literally found it one night. But they make him go out of his way to kill the podcasters. Identify, he identifies the podcasters. He goes and kills them in the bathroom. He takes their keys, goes into the car, takes out the mask, has this dramatic lifting the mask moment, and then he's mm-hmm. complete. It's, you know, it's just like, what? Like, he probably doesn't know what the mask looks like. He probably, he, you know, he probably went into a store, put it on, never really looked at the outside of it, didn't look in a mirror. And like mm-hmm. you know, like 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 does he think does Michael care about that mask? Do you think Michael has any idea what that mask was? Like you know, forty years later, and after being in an institution and having worn it for like just a few hours one night. Mm-hmm. Like come on, yeah, that's, that's a little little much, bud. A little much. Yep, definitely on that front too. And it, mm-hmm. it just like there's a lot of weird scenes as well that just like tonally is very different than in terms of what it's going for. Uh, the, the scene that kind of really stuck with me as well that I didn't really like was the um, the, 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 when the Michael escape scene where they have the father and the boy who's arguing mm. about how he wants to be a dancer, but they're going out hunting and that sort of thing too. Like it kind of felt like, okay, why, why is this scene in here? Are they just like quickly putting these character traits in their wants because to establish these characters who would be killed off anyway, very, very quickly. So we feel bad for them. Or is it some sort of like, you know, I don't know, homophobic joke or something like that. I, I, I don't know it, it, but it felt very, you know, it just overall, the movie just could not decide on a tone and mm-hmm. that just got worse and worse as the trilogy went on. Um, and that, overall, I think it just no consistency. Yeah. And that makes me think, like, too, because you mentioned, like, you know, if it wasn't some kind of homophobic joke, because it is, it did almost, like, that seemed like some kind of, like, like kind of like with The Exorcist, where I just, you know, I felt like there was this kind of some kind of, like, dark humor, like, you know, killing the priest when he comes in at the end and snaps his neck. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, that seemed like that, too, because, yeah, it was that kind of, like, I couldn't tell if they thought they were being funny with, like, the, like, hey, dad, you know, I really like being out with you and I really enjoy it. I just, I just don't want to miss dance. Like, it was actually like a really kind of sweet little conversation. And then to just have him get, like, yeah. strangled by Mike and the dad get killed, like, it felt, like, cruel. It felt like, let's develop these kind of, like, sweet little moment of, like, you know, kind of like a heart little warming moment of a, of a kid talking to his dad about how, you know, he values time with him. But he also, like, he likes dance. He really loves dance. And he doesn't want to say no to something like his dad, but he just wants some time. Like, I thought that was, like, a nice little thing. And it was, and it was like, just to have them killed off and, you know, and a little boy just get killed like this. Like, it felt like to be like, look at how badass we are. We're killing this harsh little sweet moment. But also, like... It's weird that that's the only really gay character you have, or you know, not sorry, he's not gay, but you know, straight people mm-hmm. obviously like uh, dance yeah, like as well, dance, which is um, not a stereotypical masculine yeah. activity. So yeah, yeah. So, but it's it seems like they're poking fun at that. But then in the second movie, we get Big John and Little John, yeah. who are two identifiably gay men, and they also get killed, and they're kind of like the comedic relief where they get killed. Yeah, they're played for well. laughs. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they're like, it's it's like. So yeah, that just kind of wonder like, is are they playing on kind of I don't know that is that like a uh-huh. an element of these movies? In which case, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it did feel uh, very mean spirited, and I agree with that too. It just it, it feels like there's something more there, or just some sort of lack of tact, which but understandable if that if that happens, I could see that as well. Mm, like it yeah. could be just giving the benefit of the doubt, and he's just like not aware that that is what that's what David Gordon is writing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so that, that yeah that, that did so, that did so weird. Especially because I thought I know it would, it would be interesting to see that character continue, 
You know, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, they could have easily had there be a story arc of this kid who is out hunting with his dad who didn't want to be at the end using a gun to help fight off a Michael. I don't know. Could have been a thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that was that was dumb. Um, I don't think there's any other yep. things that stood out to me this watch through. Uh, oh, um, uh, did, how, just how did the ending sit for you? Uh, the ending was fine, honestly. I, I, the, I know some people complained about how the dad just dies off very, very quickly and they don't really mm-hmm. mourn or do anything with it, which I, I, I disagree with that. I think it's the, at the entire movie, like the movie basically ends when Michael gets trapped in the um, fire. So there really isn't any opportunity for them to mourn because they're actively being mourned because they're actively being hunted at that time. I did really like, I, I, I do think that like the last 20 minutes, the hunt and chase for Michael Myers... I did like that. I did like how we could see physically how Laurie Strode set up all of these traps. They put it in the metal blinders and the doors that slammed on down. She's being very methodical at it. There are a couple moments like when she goes up right against the door to like peer into Michael mm. and then Michael sticks his hand through there. I was just like, okay, Laurie, you should have you should have re- recognized that was going to happen. Um, so Laurie does make some dumb decisions um, as it goes on through. But overall, I thought it was pretty effective. Like I said, I really like the Judy Greer scene in terms of, like, you could see her turn on the mommy, help me so much, and then you find out, nope, she's just fucking with Michael. Um, and like I said before, I, I, I do like the fact that I felt like all three of these actresses had a good chemistry with each other, and I could really believe that they are a family that has undergone three generations of trauma, and uh, they're working through it. And I thought that was an interesting dynamic to take, which after the second movie they really kind of just fucked off with um but yeah how about you yeah i agree i think everything you just said uh though i i did feel like the 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 searching the house took a bit too much time for me um but i get i get they're also you know coming back and forth between allison and that as well uh but yeah her going through the house it just felt like they could have made that a little bit shorter and they kept like i feel like they were um I don't know. Her, for for a woman who was traumatized by this event happening to her, her house does look a lot like, you know, she has that same kind of look, funny looking closet from the end of the first movie and the same yeah. closet where the bodies are. And I was like, come on. Like, there, you know, it, it's clearly just, um, you know, a, uh, you know, the throwback kind of thing. But like, it's like, come on. Like, it's, you don't have to, you don't have to have the exact same fucking closet. Yeah, it's an Easter egg, but like, why, the, like, what the fuck? I don't know. That, that, mm-hmm. that, those are times where I'm like, okay, the, like, the amount of time this search is taking and all the different kind of like elements that you're showing of this house and the house that she's looking at in the first movie didn't need that, honestly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I service. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I agree. I thought that the part with her leaning against the door is dumb, um, especially because I didn't realize that she shot off like three of his fingers. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I'll have to go back and watch them. I don't want to, I may have to find clips, but like he must be missing fingers in the, in the next movie. Uh, how the fuck, like, he gets missing fingers. So if he's missing these fingers, so the entire course of um, Halloween kills, and he's killing all these fucking people. Cause it's the same night. Right. And then, you know, mm-hmm. after, not, not to mention the, uh, you know, the heat exposure and all the other shit getting shot multiple times. Like how the fuck do they ever plan to make this like, Oh no, he's more realistic. Like, come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that, that was so dumb. And also like, I, I, uh, I couldn't, I didn't remember. I don't can't remember, but now I'm thinking like, why didn't you just shoot him a second time? Do you shoot off his hand? Should keep going. Um, mm-hmm. just but, double tap, you know, that's yeah, how yeah. it goes. Exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, the only other thing I had is I actually appreciated Cameron's character a lot more in this. Was his name Cameron? Yeah. Like, uh, the boyfriend, I actually, I thought mm-hmm. that they were like really cute in this movie. Uh, like I thought they had, they were kind of like a cute couple and like when he goes to dinner with them and stuff was funny. Um, I can't remember. I thought I've read part of the uh, novelization. I thought they kind of gave his perspective of being like, this is kind of weird, but you know, I'm going to kind of make the best of it. Uh, you know, for like, that weird situation that happened. And I thought like they made it seem like he actually cared about like what Lori was like, you know, freaking out about and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost felt like because then seeing him in the because this is one this is actually a character who was made better for me by the second movie uh, in Halloween Kills because he's the one who finds Yost and uh, you know tries to go help uh, his dad and him try to go and help uh, you know get Michael at the end of the film they both die uh, and you know, again he dies in a very cruel way as well um, but like it almost felt like they just added the scene of like the infidelity between him and that girl at the party just to get uh, whatever her name alone and without her phone. Yeah, because uh, again, it seemed like it, like seeing the character, you're like, where did this come from? Like, where did this like him kissing this girl come from? If anything, I thought they were gonna imply that like him and the guy in like the neckbeard guy like had a thing, <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, other than him being a weird incel. Uh, you know, I it's it's uh, I don't know, like, I, like and I still can't tell in the context of this film, like were he, was he cheating with her or were they just drunk? Because I think they implied that he was drunk, or were they just drunk and they kissed. And then, yeah, I think it was kind of a drunken kiss moment on that front, but they they did not establish that very well. They could they could have 
kind of specified it a little bit more. Yeah, because then the second maybe movie like you know at one point, yeah, maybe like at one point, um, Allison looks over at his phone. There's like a text from somebody who you know is like an unknown number. He says, "Oh, that's spam" or something like that. Um, mm. Yeah, because I, I think it's implied to be like be like a spur of the moment thing. I think because I think she I think she comes up to him and, and she I think he like show, he shows her the flash or something like that at one point. She's like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think but again, I think it's also. It's also too like they weren't sure where they wanted to take the movie, so they weren't sure. They, I think, they kind of let leeway in terms of like, yeah, maybe he is a cheating son of a bitch, or maybe he just kind of had a spur of the moment thing, and he's more empathetic in that way later on. Um, yeah, it's just again lack of planning. They they weren't sure what they wanted to do with this character. It seems like. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, and I, I just thought the second movie made me like him more. So it's weird to go back and see him in this role. And be like, ah, oh, shit, man, you were a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I, yeah. That, I think that's probably the only character that was made better for me by the sequels. Um, I think yeah. everybody else was made worse, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, except, you know, you know who didn't did be made wor- wasn't made worse for me at all, except for maybe a choice they made at the end of the second movie? Karen. Uh-huh. Karen's consistently great. Uh, mm-hmm. Karen's awesome the whole time, uh, except when she decided to stand up in the room where Michael was killing people and yeah. know, be there for him to kill her. Except for the, you know, the director deciding at the end of the, or, you know, the writer being like, yeah, we should probably do something dramatic at the end of this movie to make people, you know, a <laughs> teaser for the next one. We'll kill off this character instead mm-hmm. of that. Uh, except for that, I thought, you know, clearly the best character. Um, though, did you notice we got to see um, uh, the guy who is mistaken for Michael in the second movie? Uh, no, uh, I didn't notice he, that at all, actually. He's the one with the umbrella. The... He's the one with the umbrella uh-huh. in, um, in when they go to the, uh, the place. Uh, the, the the asylum, which is funny, I didn't notice that umbrella in this movie because I, I when I saw him in um, Halloween Kills, I was like, he looks like the fucking penguin from Batman Returns, and mm-hmm. uh, yep, and this one he has an umbrella, so I'm like, there we go, he's fucking the penguin apparently. Uh, so that's interesting um, that he is that you know it's it, and like is it for again it's, it's definitely not foreshadowing, it's definitely in there like oh we need to have somebody, and we have the, it's either fucking guy with the umbrella or the guy who without Figaro for some reason. So let's go with the guy with the umbrella, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That that was dumb. Um, yeah. Um, so I know you know I know we've uh, kind of gone through. Oh, you know, we revisited this to a degree. Uh, so overall, would you, would you say would have your opinions slightly changed in the better, in the worse, in the same? Yeah, I'd say it's slightly for the worst just because I can kind of see the cracks that are starting to form in terms of the stuff that annoyed me in this movie annoys me a lot more now that I know that they kind of double down on it in terms of the scripts issues and everything like that um, mm. as it goes on through. So overall, I actually did um, on one of the horror subreddits, someone was asking about how to get into the Halloween series and I typed up this whole big thing on it. Um <sighs> Where basically I said, like, okay, here's the different timelines, here's the, you know, what the public perception of it is. And I basically said, you know, so, you know, Toulon didn't read, watch the original one, it's the best out of all of them, it is a quintessential slasher movie that any horror movie fan needs to see. Um, you could watch two if you want to, it is, I would say, still say it's a good movie, it's definitely a step oh, down, but it's kind of, kind of continuation from it. Three is great as well, just be aware it's kind of a completely different thing. Then watch H2O and maybe check out this trilogy if you want to. However, just be aware it's not going to end well. I would still say if you're a diehard fan of the series, it's worth watching this movie. But like I said before earlier this episode, if it was just this movie 10 years from now, I would be looking back and I would probably place this movie squarely in the mid. Be like, yeah, they really didn't do anything too interesting with it. Um, As they came on through, it was definitely fan servicey. It was fine, um, but overall, you know, it, it didn't ruin the series. And as the sequel kit two came on in, like it it, 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 it goes to bad places. And overall, it kind of sours my opinion on all of it. But for mm-hmm. you, um, did it kind of increase, decrease? Like, yeah, for, for me, I liked it more, but not in. The, but but for me, it, but it's just because I think like I've seen how I've seen what bad really can be. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like for me, it's, it's, seen I've the seen the sequels. I, I've seen Exorcist Believer. I'm like, oh, okay. This, this, you know, this is enough of the elements of what I like that I'm okay with it. It's not my favorite, but it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, and again, I, I recently rewatched um, Halloween, not Halloween, um, Friday Thirteenth Part Five. You know, in preparation because I'm like, oh, I'm worth costume. You know, it's been a while since I've watched uh, yeah. in the beginning, and I rewatched it. I was like, this movie is not very good, but somehow <laughs> I still, I still enjoy it. Like, and I. And I don't question the logic of it. I don't question the characters. And I think it's because it doesn't present it like you should. And I think it's, I think what this movie's issue is that it presents it like this movie really 
presents an enough continuity and like reality and like tries to be more than just a slasher film. Yeah. That, but when you do that to a movie that's not that great and not that well written and has some continuity errors, it makes it really hard to uh, appreciate it as much as I, you know, or let things slide because the director is not letting things slide. Like if David Gordon Green was like, hey, you know, we're producing another, you know, nostalgia 80s throwback. I'd be like, great, cool. But when he's like, this is high art, other stuff was crap, that they made mistakes in the series, these were bad. Like that's, that's when I'm like, okay, well, like, no, this isn't that good. Like this isn't anything better. Like I, I you know, I, I, and like you were saying, I think this is a middling film. I think it's, this is like, you know, I think one's better than this, two's better than this. I'd probably rather watch three than this. I like four mm-hmm. a pretty good amount. Uh, and then, you know, five and uh, five, six, Resurrection, I'd say, are kind of like in this in this one's area. Um, yeah. You know, in, in the sense they all have different positives and negatives and flows. And I think part of this is the movie's fucking long, too. Like they're not, it's very, yeah. not, it's not very long, but it feels long. Um, it does it does there's there's a lot of weird pacing issues and i think that again kind of goes into the lack of planning even from within the movie they just could not settle on a tone so then dan yeah. uh you know yeah. excluding uh a story about a town where evil must die uh would you is there anywhere you would have wanted to see this movie go when you finished it like you know not not a full a full you know sequel pitch because we already got you know you know we've, we've yeah, yeah. gotten those but if you were you know if you were to modify how this this trilogy went was there something that you like you know in this movie you would have liked them to explore more or again i i feel like the best thing they could have done was introduce Corey in this movie even as just like a small little character halloween kills yeah still can keep the continuation of the night um a little bit but kind of show him through that um in terms of the issues he's having this night with killing that kid and then finally like setting him up to be taking over the michael mantle in the third movie for halloween ends um and i think it could have been some instance of like the small town of haddonfield is really the big culprit in terms of like this is michael myers yes is a killer on that front, he's pure evil, but kind of today, like, evil can take many different forms. And if they earned that build up with Corey, I think I would have appreciated this trilogy a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I, I don't think it would even need to be a trilogy. I think a duology would have worked um, with the first one being Michael Myers and the second one being Corey. Um, they could just cancel out Halloween kills altogether. And then, like, five years later, we find out about Corey in terms of what happened that night. And then at that point, Michael is, you know, dead and or decrepit and old and that sort of thing. And then kind of coming on in from there and Corey takes up the mantle again. That would have felt a lot more earned instead of just like, oh, shit, we got to come up with a new antagonist. Oh, let's use this Corey guy. So I forgot yeah. that Michael was old in, in, the, in the third one. Jesus Christ. That's yeah. Bad. yeah. And he, he was an old man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. I, I, I was thinking like, I feel like if I were to take a stinger pitch for the second one, I uh-huh. feel like the thing would be would be to have them like, you know, have the same opening to this movie to the second one where it's uh, Cameron walking home and he finds Coach Yost bleeding out and he like you know calls the cops, and then I would want to like, you know pan over to Doctor Sartain with his head smushed, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know have the doctor have the paramedics looking at him and they're looking at him and they're like you know oh man what happened to him and they turn over his wrist and you see like the the cult of thorn on his wrist. And then, like, you know, then it pans back to, like, the ruined house, and you see, like, Michael's fist punched through a wall to get out of the fire building, and you see the, the, the tattoo on his arm. That's, that, you know, I, for me, the sequel, the place to go would have been uh, to, to the Cult of Thorn. That's, mm-hmm. that's, if you, if you were to reboot the franchise for me, I think, and, it, you know, again, this is, Force Awakens issues, this, you know, this is the clean one where nothing's too crazy. This is the remake, you know, the, the remake that's very similar to the first one so that, you know, people feel comfortable. But at the end, kicking into Cult of Thorn. That, that mm-hmm. would have been the need for me. Because, you know, it's, it's an element of the series in the past. It's a way to go. It's different. It's, like, unique. Um, you know, maybe drop, like, the, aw- the awkward incest rape stuff. Maybe don't do that. Yeah. But, you know, make a reason for why this three-fingered old-ass man is taking down people. You know, that's that's all I need. That's That would be fine with me. I'm okay with that. Um, I mean, you know, it's that... You know that that's that would have been the way to go. Um, mm-hmm. Though it just makes me think. Oh, fuck, what what was it? Um, damn, I can't remember. All right, I was gonna, I was gonna, fuck. Okay, whatever. Can't remember. I was gonna ask something <laughs> about uh, Sartain, but I can't remember what it was. Anyway, um, but yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I think that for me, for me, that's probably. I honestly would say abandon the other two as they yeah. are currently and just make it a uh, Cold of Thorn series and just yeah. have, have that be and- it. Like, 
honestly, I probably have the same amount of advice for anyone who wants to get back into the Halloween series. Like, I, 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 I'm one of the few people that still will defend Halloween ends. I still enjoyed that movie. It is a bad movie, though. Like, it is a bad, bad movie. But I found it significantly more interesting than Halloween Kills, where, like, nothing happened in there. But ultimately, I think my best piece of advice for people trying to get into the series is, like, you know, watch the ones I recommended earlier. And for this one, just kind of count it as standalone. Because this one's a pretty definitive ending if you make it. Um, and I think that would be good. So, mm. but yeah, yeah, that's that. And uh, there, right. Dan, did you hear? I, I well, you know, I, I think that I, for some reason I thought I heard that maybe whoever got the new rights, because you know, somebody to get the rights to the new Halloween, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that it, they've you know they no longer are with Blumhouse, and I feel like they they might be trying to do a mini series with it, I, which mm-hmm. could be interesting. That could be cool. Like I feel like a Haddonfield mini series could be interesting. I, I mm-hmm. could see that being fun. Kind of like what they're doing with the Cramp Crystal Lake uh, Camp Crystal. Who can't speak today? Uh, I think that would be interesting. I don't know. That'd be pretty mm-hmm. cool. But yeah, I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for listening. Once again, this has been uh, this is our hundred and first episode. We're gonna count it as our honorary hundredth, uh, however, because uh, I think it's that was our very first hundred second, really. Yeah, because uh, oh, yeah, Pet yeah, Cemetery yeah, yeah, was right, one right. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you started you started I, this I, off I, with uh, with the Exorcist, and I was like, I think you forgot one day. <laughs> yeah, I realized that like five minutes later, and I'm just like, all right, fuck it, I'm gonna go on continue How on that front. Uh, could you? But no, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines was our very last one that we did. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, you know been five years, hundred and second episode on this front. Uh, thank you so much. This is the final episode of Reboot Ween uh, because we are <laughs> kind of. October's going to be over. We're going to release this one on Halloween. Uh, but thanks so much for everyone for supporting us over the past five years. We've got some awesome people who are just constantly commenting on our Instagram post and sending us messages and that sort of thing, too, and giving us suggestions. So and any new fans, you know, we are active on social media, both Facebook and Instagram. We have done fan requests before. So let us know if there's anything you'd like to listen to or listen to here. Uh, thank you, as always, so much to our opening theme song. That is Teddy's uh, Horror Movie Story by the band Teddy's Atlas. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Andrew? No, I'm good. I'm good. Have a happy Halloween. Hope everyone, everyone, you know, gets to celebrate yeah. well. And, you know, have, have yeah. a good time. Eat some candy. Happy Virginia. Halloween. Safe, safe. Don't get um, knifed by uh, Michael Myers. Preferably. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for your time and listening. And stay groovy. Bye.